Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. But it is an honor to be here. So I'm going to say it again. Good morning. Morning. Wonderful. It's just an honor to be here at Abundant Life. My wife, my beautiful wife of 33 years, wishes that she could be here. She was unexpectedly had to depart to Tulsa on Wednesday. Her mother wasn't doing well, and we appreciate you covered her in her prayers. Uh, wonderful woman of God. But it's just a great privilege to be here to honor Bishop and Pastor Kathy. It is a, such a delight. And I'll never forget when I had the great privilege to meet Bishop on hole number one at PGA National. And, and he looked at me and I thought, he's a real competitor. And how many know he likes to win? Did you know that? You know that, right? Okay. I mean, he likes to win. And, and so it couldn't be more appropriate today when we talk about fighting that we honor Bishop and Pastor Kathy today because they are real fighters for you and they're fighters for the church and they're fighters for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I'm going to invite you to take and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to talk to you today out of my heart how to fight the good fight of the faith. How do we as believers fight the good fight of the faith? How do we become stronger as an individual and how do we become stronger as a church? And I want to share with you what Paul said to the great church of Corinth in chapter 9, verse 24 says, um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Did you notice there? Paul was about winning as well. He said, run in such a way to get a prize. Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Did you notice that video up there? Did you see Pastor Sean doing the weights and everything in the training? I mean, did you, I, I, when I looked, I looked, I thought I saw you with those abs. I just knew that was you up there when he was just, I just, I just, I, I know it was him. I just know it was. They just put a different face on him. But I know that was Pastor Sean up there. I just know it was. It goes, it goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Now, I want you to notice now, here what, here's what happens. The apostle Paul gives two metaphors or two pictures. He, he, he's talking about running and now he's going into boxing. All of a sudden, he changes, and he says, I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. He says, oh, no, I don't do that. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it a slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified 
for the prize. So how do we fight the good fight of faith? Let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for something that you've put in my heart to share to this body today as we honor 45 years of ministry and we recognize that as marvelous as the 45 years has been, we recognize that that is not where we're finishing. That, Lord Jesus, you have more fight in us and you have more battles for us to win. And, Lord, I pray that that each from the youngest to the eldest in this room today would recognize that there is still another fight in them. And that, God, we are going to believe and trust you today. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory. And God's people said, oh, look at there. He took off two more minutes off of this talk, just like that. The Apostle Paul interchanges a runner and a boxer. Now, in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul says this, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task, it's singular, the Lord Jesus has given me. He says, that's my ambition, is to finish well, to finish strong. And one of the last verses that he wrote when he was on this earth in Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says to Timothy, I have finished the race. See, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, he says, now listen to this very carefully. He says, fight, he says, Timothy, fight the good fight of the faith. In the Amplified, it says, fight the good fight of the faith in the conflict with evil Take hold of the eternal life which we are called, for which when you have made your good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. One of the final words that Paul says to Timothy, he says, Tim, fight the good fight of the faith. So I believe God wants us to finish all 15 rounds. I believe God wants us to be the champion and receive the prize. I believe God is for us. He's not against us. I believe before the foundation of the world, when he formed you, he created each and every one of us to have the breath of life and victory in our lives. It is not one of defeat and decay. When God birthed his church, he birthed his church in a way that it would impact the world for generations upon generations upon generations. And he asked all of us today at Abundant Life celebrating 45 years of victory and ministry that has touched around the world that this isn't it. There's still something God has for you to do. So I want to talk to you about some fundamentals of fighting. I want to share with you five fighting fundamentals that I believe that if you will apply to your life as I'm working to apply to my life, I believe God will help us today to not only be strong, but to continue to be stronger. Now, here's the first one. Here's the first knockout punch you need to do. Here's the first one. I must remove all distractions. Say that with me. I must remove all distraction. Oh, come on now. You can do better than that. Say it with me. I must remove all distractions. 
See, it's so important that when we train and we become the athlete that God wants us to be in the faith, we must remove all the distractions that keeps us from winning the fight. Every great boxer, when they get in the ring, they're not thinking about their last hurt. They're not thinking about their last victory or defeat. They're looking at the one in front of them, and they've removed all distractions. Every great athlete knows that. It's the reason why Paul uses the athletic, athletic uh, version or picture for us is because he doesn't say to Timothy, fight the good fights of faith. He says in the singular fight, the singular fight of faith. And then he says this, he says in 1 Timothy 6, he goes, he says, true godliness with content is great wealth. In verse 8, he says, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And then he says in verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then he says in verse 11, he says, run from these things, but he says, pursue righteousness, a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. I don't know about you. You ever driving down the highway here and spirit comes over you, you don't feel like being gentle? (laughs) Or is it just me? Don't they know I'm in a hurry to get where I need to go? I mean, surely they ought to get out of the way. You know, you know, you ever been behind a car that says, honk if you love Jesus? And you had a thought, it wasn't honking. You thought about ramming them. You weren't thinking about being gentle. You know, when Paul says to Timothy, have perseverance and love and faith, he's saying you've got to remove all the other temptations, distractions of life, and pursue the things that Jesus always represented. You know, there are some common distractions that distracts all of us. The opinions of others can distract us. A good hobby can distract us. Did you know the wrong kinds of friends can distract us? If you've got the wrong kind of friend, get rid of them tomorrow. Just just say, you know what, Bob, I love you. But you know what? You're not going to be my mentor anymore. I'm going to find people that are godly and holy that will train me and help me. You know, but there's two main things that I've come to conclude that distracts us the most. One of those is we can't for some reason let go of our past. Let me just ask you a question. Anybody here ever sinned? Let me see your hand. Now, some of you didn't raise your hand. Now, listen, listen. One of the Ten Commandments is I shall not lie. And I'm going to add in God's house. Let me just ask you again. Now, this is not a loaded question. Anybody here ever sinned? Let me just see your hand. Oh, look at that. All over. Now, don't you feel better that you just... But just because you have, you shouldn't live there. Some of us in this room have never let go of it. That somebody in this room might have been unfaithful as a spouse, and the enemy wants to constantly bring it up to you over and over. Let it go. 
Somebody here might have done something that's so terrible that if you were, if you were to put it up on this big screen, you would just be horrified because of the sin that you've done. Listen, Jesus Christ paid the price. You are cleansed. You are forgiven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He has already built a place for you. He is for you. He is not against you. And I just spilled my water. Look at there. Thank you very much. Just put it right there. But we need to let go of our past. See, when we think about our past, here's what happens. We think about guilt and we think about bitterness. See, we've got to learn to give up our grudges and we've got to give up our grief. That there are people that you think back, if you go up to somebody and say, you know, how are you doing? They bring up something 20 years ago. Well, I'd be doing fine if such and such didn't do such and such to me. And go, how long ago was it? It was 20 years ago, three hours and 10 minutes. <laughs> They're still living there. Some people in this room never want to go to family reunions because you know Bob is coming. And he's going to talk about all his pain. And he's been talking about it forever. Because they're still living in the past. And every great fighter has got to remove all distractions. You know what Isaiah 43 verse 18 says? Don't dwell in the past. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, he says, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the brace. Say with me, I must remove all distractions. Just get them aside, put them back, move on. Here's the second knockout punch that you got to do. Here's what we need to do. We must remember the reason and the reward. I must remember the reason and the reward. Say that with me. I must remember the reason and the reward. Why are you in this fight? I mean, why did God place you in this fight? It's important we remember the reason and the reward because once we understand the why, the why will keep us in it. It will keep us fighting when we remember the why that we got in. See, we all get discouraged. But whenever we get discouraged, we need to, instead of giving up, we need to remember two simple truths. Here's the first one. When you're discouraged, remember that your life mission comes from God. God has a purpose for you and a purpose for me and a purpose for abundant life. And when we come through difficult times and hard times, we got to remember we're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to throw in the towel because God has given me this life and he will see me through to victory. Can I get an amen? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, God has given us this work to do so we don't become discouraged. Here's the second truth. I've realized that I'm going to be rewarded someday. I'm going to be rewarded. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said, to win the contest, we must deny ourselves many things that would keep you from doing your best. 
If we're going to fight to win, we've got to recognize that there's things that we have to be willing to give up to remember someday we're going to be rewarded for what we have done. We must remember the reason and the reward. You know what? There are three kinds of motivation in our lives. There's external motivation. External motivation is that somebody says, I'm going to do such and such, and you're going to be rewarded for it. For example, you, you get up and you go to work, right? One of the reasons you go to work, because God's asked you to go to the work, but how many like to get a paycheck when you go to work? Can I just see your hand? So we say, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because there is an external motivation to do it. There's also an internal motivation. Internal motivation is that something inside of me says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this. But you know what? External and internal is not enough. We have to have eternal motivation. And eternal motivation says, I get up and go to work because I am serving this person in authority over them, and I'm going to help them be successful. Because if I honor them under, under, under honoring God, God's going to bless me as he blesses them. I'm doing it with an eternal purpose in mind. You say, well, you don't, you don't understand. My boss is the Antichrist. You have no one. Listen, Honoring authority has nothing to do with that. A police officer could pull you over and he could be the most terrible person in the world. But do you know he still has the authority to give you a ticket? How many of you have ever had a ticket? Don't raise your hand. Because we have an eternal motivation. It's so important. When we get discouraged, we need to focus on our purpose and not focus on our problems. The key to endurance is always perspective. It's always perspective. So we must remember the reason and the reward. Now here's the third knockout punch, and here's what's very important. We must renew ourselves daily. We must renew ourselves daily daily. Say that with me. I must renew myself daily. Every single day. There needs to be time that we become still before the Lord and we need to renew our our lives in His presence. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this, we do not become discouraged because our spiritual being, listen, is renewed day by day. See, the fact is, it takes energy to do the will of God. Psalm 94 verse 19 says, Lord, when doubts fill my mind and when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. You know, anybody here ever dealt with doubt? Can I see your hand? Anybody ever deal with doubt? Okay, now listen, it's not a loaded question. All of us at some time or another are going to deal with doubt. You know how you overcome doubt when you're in the ring and you're fighting and you're, and you're doing all you can? Here's what the first thing. I remind myself of God's goodness yesterday. How many was God good to you yesterday? How many were God good to you last year? How many God has been faithful and good more than you deserve it? Absolutely. God 
has been faithful and good to us. And we ought to take the time and write down all the goodness of God and start listing one after another. When God saved your child, when God saved your marriage, when God saved your business, when God did things you never thought he was going to do, and you start listening them down, I promise you when you start doing doubt, that doubt starts lifting off of you. But not only that, I need to remember God's presence today that he's with us right now. He's right there with you right now. Everywhere you go, God is with you. And the third thing is this. I need to remind myself of God's promises for tomorrow. Do you know there's over 7,000 promises in the word of God? There are, they're like blank checks that you can apply to every need that you have in your life. You know, the Lord says to us today, there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. Do you know that the Lord says, I, Jesus, came that you might have life and that you might have it to overflows in abundant life? Do you know that God says, for I have plans, says the Lord plans to, for good and not for disaster to give you hope and a future? Did you know that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work? There are over 7,000 promises. And when you find yourself moving into doubt, instead of spending an hour talking about the doubt, why don't you start proclaiming and talking about the Word of God and get in alignment with Him and His Word, and you'll see the doubt lift off of your life. Because when you're in the boxing ring and you're fighting and you're doing all you can, there'll be times that you'll say, I don't know if I can win this fight. Here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. See, Jesus has already paid the price. As a matter of fact, the fight is fixed. It's already fixed. He sees you on the other end of the 15 rounds carrying the championship belt. He sees you already there. It's time for us to see ourselves there. We have to move from there in our mind and in our heart and our thinking. See, that's the positive side of fighting. But here's the fourth thing. We must resist discouragement. Say it with me. We must resist discouragement. See, this is the fourth punch. Discouragement comes to all of us. But you have to push back against it. See, Paul said in Galatians, he says, let us not get tired of doing what is right. Let me ask you, you ever get tired of doing what's right? There's sometimes, I have four wonderful kids, there's sometimes I don't want to do what's right. I mean, there's times we just don't feel like doing what's right. I know it's just me. Everybody else here, never, uh, you never have an evil thought. Some of you that have these little younger kids, all of ours are grown now, you've never thought about putting them on eBay for a dollar, have you? So you know what? I love you, Johnny. You're just not grateful here. We're going to find a new place for you. Well, Mama, I, I, no, 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 Johnny. You go stay somewhere else for a year and you come back. You'll be grateful. I know you've never had those thoughts. Or you pull up here to the church parking lot, and you're trying to get your favorite parking space, and somebody else already got it. And you're thinking, you know what? 
I'm going to park my car right in front of them. You've never had that thought. Or you came into this auditorium, this beautiful auditorium, and somebody sitting in your seat. You've been sitting in that seat for the last five years. Matter of fact, that, that seat is shaped like your derriere. It's perfect for you. It's been waiting for you since last Sunday. And, and, and lo and behold, a guest came in and sat in your seat. And you're thinking, I've been praying for guests to be here, but not for my seat, because that is my seat. I know you've never had those thoughts. You take those precious kids downstairs to the children's ministry that they'll speak. You understand those people are volunteering, loving on our kids. And we get down there and they go, well, what's wrong with her? Here's my kids. And they're thinking, what's wrong with her? They're taking your kids. <laughs> Do you know why youth pastors only stay nine months average time? Because they have our kids. Do you know what the average tenure of a senior pastor is in a church in America? Two and a half years. Think about the legacy of this church and how blessed we are. But Paul said, don't get tired of doing what's right. I'm thinking, okay, Paul, that's easy for you to say. I mean, like one time I was on an airplane flying at 40,000 feet, 540 miles an hour, and the guy opens up his laptop. Now, Bishop, he opens up his laptop and to get on the Internet, and he goes, man, I'm so frustrated. I said, what's so frustrated about? He said, this Internet's so slow. <laughs> I'm thinking, you're flying at 540 miles an hour. You're 40,000 feet in the air, and you're complaining that the internet is too slow? It's like, are you, are you not in touch with what you just said? You know, that we, we, we move so fast that sometimes we get so frustrated with doing what's right. But Paul goes on to say, let us not get tired of doing what's right, for after a while, listen to what he says, we will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't get discouraged and give up. You know why I believe a lot of people don't finish the 15 rounds? They get discouraged and they give up. The fight falls out of them. You know, you watch the greatest fights of all time. They get knocked to the ground and they, and they start counting one, two, and they have to make a decision. Do I, do I have it in me to get back up and take another punch? Or am I going to stay down? Because discouragement will set in and cause us to lose the victory every single time. You know, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And then here's finally the fifth principle. The final knockout punch. I must rely on Jesus Christ. Say it with me. I must rely on Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. I couldn't save myself when I got started. I can't save myself today. It is his grace. It is his mercy. It is his Holy Spirit flowing through my life. I cannot do anything without his power and his strength. We must rely on Jesus every single day. Paul said in, second, in, um, in Colossians chapter 1, he says, This is my work. 
And I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. Peter said in 1 uh, Peter 4.11, are you called to help others? Of course, it's implied yes. Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies, and God will be glorified. You know, where God guides, he always provides. He always does. I don't know what situation or challenge that you came in here with today. I don't know what is it that is tugging at you, but can I tell you that God knew about the problem before you knew about the problem? It, didn't, it, didn't, it did not require an executive committee meeting of the Trinity to talk about your problem. They didn't get together and say, well, man, Jesus didn't come and say, hey, guys, I've got a problem. I, uh, Holy Spirit, God the Father, I need to talk to you about it. They all know. He knew before the foundation of the world every challenge and problem that we would ever face. But he challenges us today to rely on him. See, I believe with all of my heart that if we apply these fundamentals to fighting, not only will we fight the good fight of faith, we will win the good fight of faith. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, I want to share a little story with you, and many of you know about this story, but I'm going to show it in a little different perspective and I'm going to use this whiteboard. Now, listen, I know the people in the back, back there, don't have eagle vision. So the cameras are going to help me out. So I understand this is a small little whiteboard. How many know this is a small whiteboard? Very small. Okay. Listen, if I took my glasses off, I wouldn't see you. I wouldn't know who you are. I'd, I'd see a blur, you know. When I was growing up, my, I have an identical twin brother. Okay, literally, identical twin brother, same first name, last name, middle name, different. Long story for another conversation. <laughs> One time, my brother and I riding on a motorcycle, and I said, you know, I'm going to see how it is to ride with my glasses off. That didn't go well. I wrecked the motorcycle. We fell off the bike. My brother goes, that's the dumbest thing you've ever done. I said, well, no, there's others. But anyway, but look, there's a story that I want to share with you about abundant life. Many of you know the story, but I want to show you something. You know, we heard the story this morning. It started out that, that this was the first service. And how many people were there? And how many animals? One. What kind of animal? Poodle. It was a special poodle. You don't believe it? Just ask the family. Where did it meet? Huh? In a trailer. Went at the Hilton. Went at the Rich Carlton. Met in a trailer. God spoke to a man to start a church. The greatest calling in life is when God speaks to a man and says, start a church. Because the church is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. It is the foundation for why Jesus died on the cross. Was for what? For your salvation and to build his church. And he said to Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So 45 years ago, Bishop's daddy started a church. How much money did they have in that service? 
Whoo! They were rich. 14 bucks. Poodle probably gave half of it. Okay, and they started this church because they had a, a vision to touch the world for Christ. But after a period of time, with God's blessings, they moved from that first service and first church into another church. And that location was the David Park Pavilion. I want you guys to stay with me now. Don't fall asleep back on that back row. Okay. So now because the church is growing, they, they move over to David Park Pavilion to reach more people. See, what Pastor Sean started talking about a little bit earlier is that the church is 45 years strong, getting stronger, because this isn't it. If somebody sits here and thinks, oh, wow, thank God we arrived. No, you haven't. No, oh no. Don't get comfortable. It's going to, you're going to see exponential growth on the other side. All right, so at David, at the David Park Pavilion, but then what happened was the church kept growing, and then they located to the storefront property. And the church continued to grow. And lives continued to be touched. And people were, and here's one thing that's very important about this time right here. Two perfect children were born. Perfect children. Spotless. Absolutely. You don't believe they're perfect? Ask their parents. But that's when... Their children was born, was happened right there in that storefront property. Guess what? When they were born, they added two new members to the church. All right? So that was in the 80s, all right? And the church keeps growing, and so they have to, they have to move again. And the next season was the, was the Bank Road Campus. I think it's a funny name, Bank Road Campus. And there, what happened there at the Bank Road campus? Well, there were two significant events that happened in the life of this family. One was Bishop had a heart attack. And when he had a heart attack, God spoke to him. And he said, a man with a vision cannot die. See, this is like round one. This is like round two. This is like round three. Now he's in the fourth round. Bishop has a heart attack. But then the enemy's not happy with that because he comes out of that. So he's going he's gonna to work on Pastor Kathy. And Pastor Kathy gets diagnosed with cancer. And Pastor Kathy says, I can, therefore I will. I can, therefore I will. I don't know what problem you have today, but with God's I can, you will. 
you will overcome because God says, I can. And so there at the Bank Road campus, God is blessing, it's thriving, it's growing. And we all know the story about this property because the people that own this property love Pentecostal so much they couldn't wait to give it to you. Matter of fact, I'm sure, they, I'm sure, Bishop, they put it on sale. I'm sure of it. See, what's beautiful today is that play the movie forward versus back then is that I'm so thrilled that denominational lines continue to come down and that we embrace one another and love one another instead of treating them as less than or greater than. And that's one of the things that's beautiful. That, but now we've got a thriving church and a campus and everything that is happening. And now we come right here to the present location. And that happened on 12-31-2015 was the final service. And then the next day, January 1, 2016, was the first service in this house. How many were there, were there at that time? Wonderful. It was a special day, wasn't it? Here's what happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would talk about, I mean, this is the craziest thing. When they're out there in the wilderness and they're leaving Egypt, why in the world would the Israelites want to go back to Egypt? Why would you want to go there? They said, were there not enough graves here in the desert? Mo? I think they called him Mo. I don't think they called him Moses. I think they called him Mo. I think they were so frustrated. Mo, I want to go. Where do you want to go? Back to Egypt. Who wants to go back to Egypt? See, what's Pastor Sean, see, what's going to happen is, here's the beauty of it. What's getting ready to happen is Pastor Sean is going to take the mantle. And when that happens, just buckle your seatbelt. Did you notice how in shape he is? He's been working out a long time for this moment. I'm thinking when he was up here, I thought, don't flex too hard. You'll rip that shirt. You'll be like the Incredible Hulk. I'm thinking, you have nothing on me, baby. I'll show you. Only chance I have is to get him on a golf course and start talking while he's trying to hit. And then maybe I'll have a chance. But if he gets up to swing the, the club like a baseball bat, it's going, it just goes hundreds of yards. It's like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. But look, God's getting ready to pass and do a new thing. Now, here's what's beautiful. I want you to picture this with me. Sometime read Psalm 133. It talks about the anointing oil that flows down over Aaron's beard. It's a beautiful picture. Matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and preach that sermon right now for the next hour because we're in no hurry to leave. Uh, see, you guys didn't laugh at that. You, was like, you started looking at your watches. But here's the thing. Here is God's presence. And his anointing oil is flowing down on the headship of a grandfather
a father, then a son. All of this has happened to come to this moment. And here's what I believe with all of my heart. The success in your life and my life always is determined by the authority I choose to be under. Always. There's no exception. The greater the authority that you choose to be under, the greater blessings and anointing you will have in your life. And God for 45 years has been, listen, do you think there's been difficulty and challenges and all of this? But you know what's beautiful? Bishop and Pastor Kathy chose to stay in the fight instead of saying, I'm tired. I want somebody else to take this because I'm tired. Listen, you know the number one day that pastors resign? You know what day of the week it is? Monday. Monday. You know why? They preach their brains out on Sunday, and the devil gets a hold of them on Sunday night and says, you didn't make a difference. You're never going to do anything. You can't. Why don't you just quit? And he goes, you know what? I think I will. But our pastor, they have stood the test of time. And today on 45 years, we get to celebrate that we're still in the ring fighting because we're getting stronger. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.